My name is Derek McNamara. You're very welcome to MatchSense Rugby's second ever podcast. My name is Derek McNamara, the host and founder of MatchSense Rugby. We're here to help uh, you as a fan, a coach, player, a team, whatever your background you come from, from if you're interested in rugby, interested in data, we're the place to go to for going forward. We analyze rugby games in a way that's collects uh, far more data, far more data points, in a way so that we can identify not just what's happening in the game, but how good the players are interacting with it. And fundamentally, what we try to do is we try to break the game then into why did one team win or why why did one team lose? <laughs> was it because of a, a individual player performance? Was it because of coaching performance? Or is it because of coach uh, uh, skills-based approach? Which is kind of a mix between coaches and players. Um, so my name, as I mentioned, my name is Arkham Akamara, founder and um, head analyst, I suppose, in my sense. But I'm going to introduce you to some of my colleagues. So uh, first, I'm going to introduce you to Kronja Burr. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Done it again, guys. Kronja uh, Burness, Burness. Like, what's funny is we've been working together for like a year, and uh, <laughs> I've never ever had to use your first names. You know? So anyway. Uh, what is it? Burness. Burness. Gronje yeah. Burness. Uh, Rory De Leicester. Uh, we've Hello. got Alex McDonald. Did I get it right, Rory? Uh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> the Gronje is one of our uh, founder members as well. She's been here since the start, uh, driving the bus from a data and analytical perspective and uh, bringing her expertise as an ex maths coach, a maths teacher. Is that right, Gronje? I am an ex-maths teacher. Yeah, bringing, bringing <laughs> the level of uh, accuracy and data to all the, the games that we analyse. How, how have you found the last year, Gronje? Yeah, great. Um, very different to what I was doing yeah. before, but uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Looking it's good forward fun, to where it? we get to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, a big milestone today, you guys, massive milestone. We hit over one million activities captured in our system which is oh is man bananas <laughs> absolutely bananas because <laughs> we've been collecting data for probably six months probably flat out for the last six months yeah uh, but now we're kind of at the point where we're able to turn around games in like four or five hours if we needed to but in reality we're doing the probably you know, finish a game in probably around 12 hours so and um, what we're going to do in this today's podcast is we're going to dive into some uh, the guys have been grading some of the games this weekend. So we're going to go into a little bit more of deep dive into each of the games and what the guys may have seen. And we might show a couple of videos to kind of explain what's happening in those videos. Uh, and then we're going to go into uh, our top five, uh, front five, our top top players at each front five position from the Six Nations, three games of Six Nations so far. But um, how, how's your week been, guys? How, how, how did you find grading the games this week? Roy, how's you gone? Uh, really good, yeah. Um, I was doing, most recently, I was doing Ireland and Wales, um, which ended up, it's actually quite a fun game to do. You can kind of pinpoint a lot of the activities um, or, uh, that 
are making us one of the best teams in the world right now. And I, yeah. I actually picked out a little clip of something to, to show you. Okay. Well. well, do we do you want to share your screen there? And yeah, um, I'll, I'll jump straight I'll into it. Give you access and you can jump in. And give us a kind of countdown. Okay, so so what I'm gonna show you today, I'm kind of focusing in on just one full phase of attack that was really impressive and especially focusing on James Lowe. Um I'll try and describe in as much detail as we have some listeners as well as just viewers. Uh, so we're starting here with James Lowe out on the left wing, who's just carried into contact. Um, and when I'm going to go through the next phase of play, uh, just to show you from here, we've got Jameson Gibson Park about to play the pass into Jack Crowley standing at 10. What I'm going to do is it's going to freeze frame us here. Um, so you can see all the options available to Jack here. If you see him in the center of the screen with the ball, you've got one, two, three players immediately to his right. Uh, the formation that was a one-two-one one in terms of your pods or what have you. Um, but if you look outside of that as well, you, even behind Jack Crowley, you've got James Lowe, you've got Ali Yeager over to his left, or even open the far right, you've got Bundyakis that he could throw a wild pass over to if he wanted. So there's plenty of options there for him. Um, if we play it forward, he chooses to go out to the back man, which was uh, Henshaw. Um, Henshaw then carries it forward. He throws a little dummy pass here, as you can see, to keep Nick Tompkins honest. Kind of, He then has to keep him in line, uh, which gives the space for James Lowe to run through the gap. Lovely little play through. Gets tackled by the young Welsh 15. Um, and as he's tackled, he gives a lovely little offload to James Gibson Park who takes it in his stride, and if Gibson Park had just managed to give an offload here, you're talking a sure try for Bundyaki on the 58-minute mark, where you're 17-7 up, who's probably our only kind of stage where some Irish people might have been a bit worried about it. Um, I just want to take you back to the start of this clip, okay? Because um, I want to focus on the work rate of James Lowe here. So you can see him at the top of your screen. He's just after getting up after a rook, um, after carrying into contact. You can see here, watch him scan to the right. He's looking out his backfield, um, and then he continues on to see what's going to happen with the play. If you look to your bottom left again, you can see Jack Crowley is currently scanning on his right to see what's happening behind him. Um, and I've played through, so he's gone all the running through. You see there, he's worked his way from the far side on the left wing all the way over into take this pass into space um he makes a lovely offload um now there's another point that i might finish on was that ireland had i think it was it was yeah no i know it was 12 offloads five of which were james lowe's um two of the five now were unsuccessful but um it kind of just goes to show the creativity and importance that james lowe has on this irish team um, so I thought that was quite a just a, a good little phase of play to show they're still still doing that amazing creative attacking play that we've been used to all through the World Cup and over the last couple of years. Yeah, really, really good insight. Um, and it just shows the kind of James Lowe nearly isn't nearly a winger. Like we, we, we're going to go into the top five, front five, um, a little bit later on. But you know, we looked at the top. Uh, wingers as well. James Lowe is number ranked number one. 
that's that's he's basically nearly like a, a a ninth forward in some ways because of his size because of his impact on the game he's able to get around and having a player who's able to get involved in the game is just is so valuable for the Irish team and then also the fact that he can kick the, the leather off the ball makes a huge impact to him as well um Alex or Bronya, do you want to have a go yourself? Do you want to introduce any bit yourself? I know Alex, you haven't talked yet, so yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go ahead now then, because okay, uh, yeah. Well, Rory just did the Irish side of that match, and I was lucky, unlucky enough to do the Welsh side, which was not nearly as exciting. But uh, I got a few highlights that I'd like to point out as well. Um, since we're talking about forwards and later on as a segment, uh, the young fullback, which Rory mentioned there, Cameron Winnett, he, to me, stood out as the best Welsh player on the day. Uh, let's see if I get my screen up here real quick. Just two quick clips from him. We can take out the we're silence right if necessary. <laughs> there, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my screen up too. It's okay. There we go. There we go. There okay. we go. All right. So here he is after taking, obviously, a kick, playing a little back-and-forth action here. Okay, so what's ha- what's happening here? Oh, we are on a podcast, not just a video cast. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> Cameron Cam- 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 just took a kick, and uh, he does a little Gary Owen chip and chase here, high ball. So it spends a couple seconds in the air, but only goes about 10, 15 meters uh, this is for you non-rugby folks and you rugby folks. This is not easy to do. Um, just from the amount of games we've done and amount of rugby we've watched in the last few months. A lot of the times this ball just gets dropped by both teams contesting for it. So what makes this most yeah, impressive and- for me is that in contact right there against Jameson Gibson Park, the Irish nine. He recovers the ball, takes it into contact, and makes that ground for the Welsh team to set up a positive attack. And he did this all day long. Uh, another clip here for you. Same thing. Just, just, just to go back there to that clip as well. When, yeah. When we're looking at um, up and unders, Gary Owens, chip chase kind of kicks, the kind of perfect distance for those types of kicks are anywhere between uh, 15 or 20 and 30 meters anything less than that and what happens is it's it's uh the the players that are running onto the ball will overrun the ball and any any le- further than that it allows the actual um actually actually allows the um uh the defensive player get up get his hands on the ball much easier but in this in this instance, it, you, what you can see is is that the the ball is kicked. The actual distance of kick is actually perfect, so it allows him to run onto the ball and actually be in the air as he's catching it, rather than being stationary or getting there before the ball arrives. So, um, you know, it's and then also when he actually goes to ground, you can see his ball placement as well. He uh, gets the ball and he places the ball with two hands, nice quickly behind so that the scrum half can get his hands on the ball and make the pass quickly. So when you're, when you're talking about ball getting possession in, in your opposition's half, this is, you know, you're not going to get any better than this from a overall performance. Yeah, obviously. absolutely. And that's why I wanted to point it out. Like there weren't, mm. weren't many Welsh highlights on the day, but <laughs> this, this kid all day long was, yeah. he was winning the aerial battles against the Irish yeah. who 
for years obviously have been notoriously good at this yeah. uh and so to see him making the most out of it here's another clip here he's returning one so you think you need to click on the, the screen again to show because we're still on the other clip. yep sorry guys here yeah. we go growing pains there we go yeah, we we're still learning everybody we're still yeah. learning. <laughs> so this is uh from the other side of the ball so the irish 10 is trying to do the same thing here a little chip and chase his players going after it but Lynette takes it in the air from him instead oh it's beautiful it's beautiful isn't it yeah 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 it's so what what, what we're looking go ahead Rory. you can see for all his frustration even as he hits the ground he <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so, so when, when we're looking at this from an actual um if you bring it to spring forward there a little bit um, and we just look at the actual speed at which the, the the defending or defending player jumps onto the ball. He's running the same speed at the at, at the whole way through, and he never once takes his eyes off the ball. So when he goes to jump, he is in the highest point possible to catch that ball, and as a result, just plucks it out of the air and yeah, makes another amazing play. Yeah, and, he's, well and he's and he's not a big man either, and he has no fear in the air, which is shout out to this kid that was a that was a good performance this weekend amazing okay Gronje, you're up yeah okay so um i was doing uh, some analysis on scotland uh playing england uh so it was fun to watch after the first 15 minutes but uh <laughs> so, um, i could um so what i've done is um I've had a look at kind of how Scotland shared, uh, kind of shaped their attack to kind of cope with um, the different defence that England was was employing. Um, and so uh, we have here where so Scotland were under the cosh a little bit at this point of the game, and they were struggling kind of to get any yards or anything, and they were getting cut uh, shut down a lot. And so we can see, sorry, this comes right from a scrum, and so. Um, it goes out to, to a Pilotto at first receiver, and the standard play is out the back again to uh, Finn Russell. But uh, this time they change the play up and they go front door and they go clean through. As you can see, the England mm. defense have overrushed on it. Yeah. And so that actually leads to their first try, I think. Um, did you want to come in there? Alex, what are you saying there? Sorry. Oh, I think I'm he was just agreeing with you. He's just like, mm. <laughs> mm, yes, being more vocal. <laughs> so then we can see, um, yeah, I need to share. Yes. Oh, hang on a minute. I've lost how to change tabs. <laughs> okay. That's all right. This is growing, growing pains. This is, uh, we're uh, still definitely on the uh, learning curve. Uh, we spent around 25 minutes trying to get the slides up and running before this. So, uh, <laughs> they look great, 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 though. We're excited to show them. Great. <laughs> me practicing your names as well isn't, isn't really a good start, really. So it this is the second me. clip, sorry, of, um, sorry, Rory, of um, kind of how they've, they've adapted. Um, and I think it's probably something Ireland will have to work hard at because the minute you give them time, so this time the English defence stays off a little bit, um, and then this time you can see uh, an amazing kick over the top and gives them position right in the corner. Doesn't lead to a try that time, but close enough. And so they can kind of change up their play uh, depending on whether the, the blitz defense comes right up or whether it stands off. Uh, and this is the 
last one I was going to show you. Um, so this time the Bliss Defense looks like it's going to be successful. So it comes right up on uh, Finn Russell. But uh, Van der Merver is right there on his shoulder. And that's not by accident. That happened quite a few times in the game. So mm. Scotland know that Russell's going to take the hit here. So they always have a player on his shoulder that's coming off. And I think previously they struggled in this area when Russell got like targeted. But now they seem to have adapted. And they've got those players running hard off the shoulder that will support him. So, yeah, that's um, just something interesting to, to look at it, how they've adapted their attack. Yeah, and did like, you, it, it, go ahead there, lads. Go ahead. Did you did you find that um, it typically happened to be Van der Merver or someone else or just no, no, definitely not, not necessarily. No, no, Anyone. no, no. Yeah, it was a mixture. The other winger, Kyle, whatever his name is, was good at coming in as well, and definitely Tua Pilotto at twelve before he went off. Perfect. Okay. Um. So yeah, really good, really good. So um. Just um, myself, I did the the Scottish or the English side, um, and you know it was. You can kind of see what the English defensive team are trying to do, you know, especially under Finn Russell, which is trying to put him as, under as much pressure as physically possible. Um, and there was George Ford was leaving the, leading the charge at the start, um, and I thought he, he played really well. I thought that George Ford was like one of their top defenders. Um, however, after the first kind of couple of moves that, that where they were able to slow down Finn Russell, I found that the, the English defense or the English attack, or sorry, the English defense kind of broke down, started to break down more regularly. And it's it's kind of it's kind of worrying, I would imagine, if you're the English defensive coach. So um, I know um, Felix Jones is there in England now. I'm just going to show you the same actual. Um, same play that Grania uh, showed. So let me open it up here. Um, so basically, this is just first phase play, um, and you can see the speed of the uh, defensive line. Now, I've been analysing Scotland quite a lot, and Finn Russell. I don't think this is the right way to play Finn Russell, but because um, he, he tends to make that skip pass. Now I know this this isn't Finn Russell, the first receiver, but this is just a, a very simple, very simple one line and pop pass. From you know center to center, off first phase, you know there's only one pass before this. Now it's a beautifully timed long pass, but the breakdown is between first and second center, and you know there's it's it's you know this is not good enough from an international team to be letting off in first phase. And um, so it's, this this is just an example of you know first phase rugby where you know, it's, this isn't even a loop play. It's not even an actual, it's just a pop pass. So it's just a pop one. Um, and then this is just another, uh, share this to have instead. Can you see my screen there, guys? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So basically all this is, is just a, another simple example. And again, we're not showing anything fundamentally di different in the, in the game, but what we're going to see here is we're going to see uh, one, two, three players Kind of come up off the line and and the line not really holding and as a result the the the, the scottish eight goes through and as a result you know it's a it's a fairly big gain by the the english by the scottish team after you know it was just a run of the mill kind of first second phase and as a result you know if that english line isn't able to hold their defensive line then all of a sudden these lines all of a sudden you can see everybody's running the same direction 
the English players and the Scottish players are all running in the exact same direction, which means that the, the English players are on the hindmost foot and it's much harder for them to get into, into position again. And, you know, you're probably saying, oh, like, well, that's not that big of a deal. But, you know, when you're putting all these things together, it, it is a big deal. It's really, really important for a defenses, defenses to be hold their shape and to be aggressive. But you, you got to be aggressive altogether because when you come up against Ireland, you're going to find that those lines of running are are as exaggerated as Scotland, if not even more. So um, there were just two two points. So yeah, good work, guys. Um, so this is another segment that we want to bring in. So um, here at Match Sense, basically, we we kind of try to take everything into consideration. Um, when you know when we we look at a specific position, we look at what each positions do and how much work they're doing in those positions. So there's no point in us uh, evaluating a scrum half as it is evaluating a, a winger or uh, evaluating a prop as the same as a, as a back row. We, we take every individual position into consideration based on what's been done before. Um, and what we've done is we've kind of brought all the data together um, and we've pulled in our kind of top, top from five from this year's competition so far. Um, so, um, I just want to make sure that you guys are on screen as well. So, um, so what we've done here is we've, we've looked at the front five, um, and the number one overall loose head prop is, um, Pierre Schumann. Um, and so guys, I, <laughs> if I mentioned these guys' names wrong, it's a problem I have. Okay. It's a problem. <laughs> he's, a, he's a numbers guy, not a names guy. Correct them on that. Dyslexia coming right through. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad here. Y'all should have seen the spell check before this presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need some AI bot to help us with that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but fundamentally, what we have here is is that we have the the loose head prop, and what we've taken in is uh, kind of where Pierre is kind of not uh, totally best because we're, we're talking about literally hundreds of data points or metrics that we're pulling in and we're weighting them individually uh, to each other to help give a better representation of the player um, so excuse me for people that are listening um, match sense grade basically is we take all the players from all the positions I'm sorry from the same position and we then uh, grade each individual skill set. So like carrying, tackling, passing, kicking, catching, um, and rucking. You know, the main things. And we've got discipline in there. We've got scrummaging and lineage, things like that. When we take all those in and we, we evaluate them based on each position, what's important for each position, we're then able to give a zero to 100 grade um, to identify the player, the, who, the, who the best players are, at each position, um, and when we take Pierre Schumann, basically we we gave, we gave him an eighty three grade, um, and that gives him the overall rank of number one. And then when we went through his individual performances, we could see that he's ranked number one at attacking contribution. So what does that mean? Basically, it means he's had one hundred and seventy two player interactions in the game in attack, uh, which is number one compared to all the other players. Um, his physicality grade is also ranked number one. So he has an average at two meter uh, after contact. Um, and his total distance in carrying, he was also ranked number one, which is an 84 meters in total distance of carry. Um, these are just kind of some 
data points that we've pulled out. But you know, any any questions, guys? Do you want me to run into any of those in a bit more detail, guys? How about yeah, it? So as you said, sorry, bro. You go. You go. You okay? I was just going to say about the eighty-three. Is it is it possible to get up to to hundred, or where do we stand on that? So each so how how, that, how it works is basically we say okay uh, for each individual skill set. So say for carrying. Okay, so for carrying, I've got got it here. We have um, total possessions. Okay, so you can get a hundred at total possessions. So whoever has the total number of player possessions gets a hundred. And then we have speed on the ball. So whoever has the fastest player that's speed on the ball, we give a hundred. And then we rank or give a ratio to each of those. And then we've also we've got total distance, average distance, first receiver depth, first receiver number, average tries per game average cleaning line breaks, all these sort of things. We then give a one to hundred on each of those attributes. And then we ratio it to be able to give us who's the number one ranked player at, at carrying. And then we bring all that then together for carrying. And then we give it a ratio based on, you know, a, a, a loose head prop has a ratio of, um, or say, say loose head prop, we give 16% of the overall score towards uh, carrying. And when we do that, then we say, okay, well, all these players and all these all these players and all the attributes and all these skill sets, Schumann ranks in the eighty third percentile of all of those attributes, basically. And so some of them he's great at, some of them he can be rubbish at. But when you take all of that information together and all that rele relevant qualitative, quantitative, distance data, uh, ratio, and, and, and frequency data. We can then give a very accurate score based on where Pierre has played over the last three games, and um, and it's you know it's, it takes months if not years for us to bring all this data together so that we can then determine who's the best player based on our system and our data that we pull together rather than personalities or perspectives. Um, very cool. What were you going to say there, Grania? Amazing. I, I was just going to say that like you've listed attacking contribution, physicality, and carry. Uh, because that's where he scores highly. But obviously, those are three of a much larger data set. You know what I mean? You've just picked out his highlights. That's not yeah. everything we measure. No, 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 no. There's literally <laughs> hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that we measure. Um, yeah. And look, we'll go through them uh, in the different slides. We can show a bit more. Um, but if you, one of you guys wants to take um, who's the yeah. top-ranked hooker? Uh, I'll take this one because um, I was lucky enough to play with Dan at Trinity oh, rather than oh, against Dan. Because he's a oh man, he's a name he's, dropping. He's a big <laughs> he's a big scary guy. And I would not want to get in his way either. He he bumped a few boys this weekend, that's for sure. But uh Dan Sheehan has our number one ranked hooker so far for the Six Nations, um, with a match sense grade overall of 79. Uh his speed onto the ball is ranked number one, 3.6. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, Derek kind of explained our Grading system scales are on a one to five. And that speed onto the ball comes from the pace that he's moving forward as he takes a pass, obviously. So three is coming onto it. Two is static. Five is full tilt. So coming out of the three, six, he's above average coming onto the ball. And that's a, it's a, a lot of guy coming downhill at you at that speed. So that's okay. impressive for you, Dan. Um, distance yeah, out of contact. He, he walked past, uh, I was actually at the game on Saturday, and he walked past us when he was yeah, going to throw the ball into the line out, and he had pulled yeah. his shorts up quite high, 
and his <laughs> legs if you've ever seen a baby who's like before they start walking and all they've had is milk and they got the big legs chunky legs <laughs> he's like oh my god like, the thought of ever tackling this man is yeah <laughs> yeah and he's and he's tall too he's a very tall hooker yeah. and that's that makes him an open play it's so much so much more dangerous um mm -hmm. the distance after contact 89 meters he's number one ranked there as well uh that's for the football fans that's the yards after contact and Correct. those are those, yeah that's hard to do in this game yeah very hard to do an average tries per game this is wild 1.3 uh so dan scores a lot he's had four and three games so far this tournament um hookers yeah. give you, sometimes give you an example the yeah. uh the, the second the person in second is kelleher at point three <laughs> right per game right and a lot of a lot of hookers i don't want to say they get it easy but the camp out on the back of a mall to score dan scores a lot of his in open play uh mm -hmm. out on the wing or whatever so he's he's a hard hard worker definitely a lot of people probably would have just guessed dan sheehan anyway but we've got some numbers to prove it here exactly okay um rory do you want to take the next one or go on you sure who is it <laughs> rory jump in there sure uh so 89 this is xander fagerson um that's quite a high grade very very high grade uh for our match sense grade number one um a defense contribution which is basically any time they will uh make a, a rook or a tackle or any any contribution and that is 64 uh, number one in that uh, total carry to contact, so he had 19 carries, which is very high. Um, and then his rooks hit, which is 67, uh, which is a massive number of, of, of rooks hit, to be fair. Overall, 89, that's very, very impressive. Yeah. And just, just so you know, there's, there's, there's definitely two things to think about here, which is number of rooks hit, but that doesn't tell you how good he hit those rooks. Um, so there, there's definitely no, but if, a, if, it, if, if his grade is that high, then you got to think the rooks he's hidden is is top quality. Yeah, yeah. but we'll, we can go into that again. I think I think it's, we could I could well personally I could spend an entire day talking about the breakdown and its importance and it's you know how how we collect the met metrics that we use to calculate the the, the our rooking grades. Um, but maybe maybe it's another well, leave a comment like or give us feedback we're we're definitely looking for some feedback or any feedback that you might have yeah that's why we brought Grania on this week made yeah. her come on this week <laughs> <laughs> so what was it uh less negative and less time is that right and we're already up to 32 yes. minutes <laughs> That'll be okay. snappier. yeah yeah i think look we're, we're learning we're learning and look this is this is like what we would have this is like one of our rugby caught meeting our meetings that we have so we're just going to treat it as such. Um, Grania, do you want to take? Yeah, Morrow? I'll take Morrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of Morrow actually. I think um, he's had a bit. I don't know. I've, I felt like he had a bit of a slump in form, or maybe like a lack of motivation at some point over the last couple of seasons. But like this year, I think he's this Six Nations. He's coming back into his own, even though England as a team, you know, potentially are not performing to their. To their potential i think he's really like his accuracy is impressive so i'm not surprised to see him in here um, and yeah. so he's up he's ranked 
number one for second row, but do we have a joint top ranking for the two of them, or do uh, do we give them the? We just took all the second rows. Anybody who okay. had, who who played second row, so a yeah. four or a five. We did we didn't okay. identify the difference okay. between a four or five. Yeah. We can, so, we I mean, mm. he plays almost every minute of every game, which is why his production is so high. Um, he's as I said, I think his accuracy is really good at the moment. His tackle accuracy is really high. So we again we grade on tackling. Um, and how well you tackle, as well as how many tackles you hit. Um, and so then he carries into contact. Uh, so he's carrying a lot for the English team, um, and we grade that as well. And so it's not just he's going into contact, he's obviously keeping possession of the ball and uh, presenting it well for his teammates. So, yeah, well done, Maro. Yeah, yeah, and he, he was out by a good bit. He was at the top by a good bit. So, ah. And then the last player that we have is... Um, Joe McCarthy, um, as uh, Dan, who was at the actual podcast with, called him a pirouetting giraffe. <laughs> it's like that's brilliant because he's so big. He uh, like he is enormous individual. My funny side story is he was not like that when I was his house thirds coach when he was 17 oh, really? years, when he was 17 years old, Joe, Joe, you've come, I mean, you were, you were, he had promised then, man, but you've come so far. It's incredible to see. Yeah. It's class. And like it that just shows those players that come from 16, 17, 18, the guys that really want to learn can improve, can get better. Um, and yeah, you know, this, 100%. You know he's, he's, he's one of Ireland's foreign players right now. So, we, his overall uh, match sense grade of a 79, uh, 79 puts him in. He was actually um, matching exactly with um, uh, Byrne, Tyg Byrne. So Ireland have two of the top three players at second row. And Tyg, because of the yellow card, got not dropped down quite a bit this week. But um, when we look at his possessions, so he had the most amount of possessions than any other second row, which was 31 possessions. Um, total carry distance 108 meters, which puts him in a second, and a passing production. So he's had 14 passes. Um, so it just shows that he's not just a ball carrier, but he's somebody who wants to get his hands on the ball. He's not afraid of it, but he's also happy to pass the ball. And his accuracy and his passing it needs a bit of improvement. And you know, when you were looking at players and what they can improve in, you know, that's something that we 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 definitely look to try and improve, help players and teams, you know, achieve that. Um, but yeah, that's that's our top five so far. We can go into back row next week, or we can go into any position or anything that you want to learn. But if you're a team or a, a, a team involved in the Six Nations or a team involved in any of the top 14, um, uh, URC or English Prem, get in contact because we can help you with this sort of data. But um, thank you very much, guys, for your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting your names all wrong again next week. And <laughs> it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. I, I, I literally don't know, remember people's names. Like that's one of the reasons why I set this up. So that's why we have our name. That's why we have our name tags in the bottom corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> okay, guys. Till next week. Thank you very much. And um, awesome. please like, subscribe. Any feedback that you have, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We really want it. We're tr we're really trying to learn and and improve week on week. Um, and any questions, any thoughts, any any sort of data that sets that you might want to see or learn from, please reach out and leave a message. Uh, we'd be only too delighted to actually uh, come into that data. Okay, thanks for being on.